Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast. We've got a pretty nice slate here on Wednesday in the NBA for us to choose from in these best bets that we're bringing you in this video. Also have play props up in a separate video, so make sure to subscribe to that page and continue to follow along with us each and every weekday of this regular season. We're coming off of a pretty good Tuesday. Uh, still went about five and four there on the night. Uh, a slight plus units up there as well, so we'll continue to trudge along here this NBA season. Do want to make sure that you head to thelines.com real quick as well. Check out all the great content that we're putting up on the site for the NBA and NFL right now. Also, you can use that odds finder tool to make sure that you're getting the best juice available to you from all of these bets and props that you are making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first best bet for tonight. Yeah, here we go. Pacers at Bucks. Once again, a total near 260, just like the in-season tournament. Um, but my angle here is to just take the Pacers um, and actually tease it up to plus 10.5. I mean, plus 6.5 is fine. They're live for the upset here. Um, it, but I mean, we're right around key numbers in the NBA. So I like it at 10 here. I think the Pacers are not going to get blown out mainly, uh, because there's a discrepancy in terms of depth that the Pacers just have much more depth than the Bucks and they'll be able to, to, to combat, uh, whatever, whatever the starting lineup does and, and keep it close. So my dance partner here is also my second best bet is the Pelicans tease them down from minus seven and a half to three and a half at Washington. I think they can easily cover that seven and a half, but again, get you below a bit of a key number and just a little more safety. If you want the, want the safer bet, I mean, if you want to go for, for bigger, better odds here, uh, maybe just take the Pacers with the Pelicans money line, mix it, mix it however you want. But the point is, yeah, Pacers lead the league in bench scoring and it's 50 points per game on the road, which is even better. Milwaukee slightly below league average, only 32 at home. And we saw that in, the, in their in-season tournament meeting here. Indy outscored them 36-22 in the second quarter to just completely get back in that game. Then they were in it the entire time. Of course, Halliburton did his thing with the 15-0 assist to turnover game. Just another virtuoso performance. The Pacers won that game despite shooting 7 for 33 from 3, which is unbelievable for a team that's so dependent on threes. I, I mean, their defense is actually, when, when they bring it, their defense is good. And I mean, they, you look at their numbers and say, well, they just play 125 all, all the time, but clearly when they when motivated by that tournament, they were bringing it on that end. And Aaron Neesmith is a really good defender. He did a pretty good job on Giannis. Giannis is going to get his numbers, but the fact that he's out there, that they have Benny, Benny Matz, they can throw off the bench. Um, they have, they have versatile guys to deal with this, you know, the Bucks got a, a a rare spike game from Chris Middleton in that tournament game. They did not have a good assist to turnover ratio. The Pacers match up pretty well. I mean, they've won now three straight against the Bucks with Halliburton active. The one they lost without him, and by the way, it took a 51-point near triple-double from Drew Holiday to get there. Uh, this season, he's averaging 28 and 12 and a half is Hallie against the Bucks. And the, and the Pacers have just been covering on the road because we continue to undervalue them a little bit. They've straight up won five of their last six roadies. They only have one road loss with Halliburton this year by over 10 points, and that took a Tyrese Maxey 50-piece where he's just out of his mind. Bucks are 4-8 and eight against the spread at home, and in their last seven in particular, allowing 122 a game. So if you get into this kind of up-and-down game with, with the Pacers, they can, they can just beat you as we saw last time these teams met because Halliburton right now is 
the best orchestrator in that kind of free flowing game. And, and again, I think the Pacers have more bodies to throw at them in terms of depth. I mean, the only thing that you would come up with for why you don't like the Pacers to be able to cover, especially double digits is like some weird narrative of, of the, the, Bucks are going to try harder. I like it, it. Everything matches up to these teams being a lot more evenly matched in a regular season setting. Plus um, Giannis and, and Dame still getting things together. They're still not there for what it's worth. I'm not worried about the Bucks. I still think that when the playoffs come around, they're going to be a legitimate contender. They just, they have some things to figure out because their margin for error on offense is now a lot smaller than it ever was when you have Drew Holiday in there just hawking the three-point line and really allowing everybody else to play that drop coverage defense. So <laughs> I'm somehow scared of going under 259 and a half points in an NBA game. It's dumb, but I, I would feel like a complete, I don't know, like it was a waste of time to try to be to slick with an under bet in this game when there's probably going to be plenty of points and 250 is a pretty reasonable total for these two teams with how much they can't really defend each other. So let me just go into my, um, my first bet and just continue to talk about it through that lens, which is a player prop uh, same game parlay with the two best players in this game. Yes. I said the two best players in this game, including Tyrese Halliburton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those are the two best players in this game. I really wish somebody would come at me about that, but more importantly, 30 plus for Giannis uh, and 25 plus points and 10 plus assists for uh, Halliburton. I'm honestly not scared of Giannis 10 plus boards. If you want to throw it in there as well, he's going to be down there for the majority of the game. So most rebounds that come out on both ends of the floor are going to be a potential rebound chances for him. And that's what we look at here with the way that he's dominated this team forever now, but especially this season when the Pacers and Rick Carlisle have completely sold out and just gone, we know what we are and we're just going to lean in hard and not worry about the, the detriment of not playing good paint defense or not getting back on defense, et cetera. So um, in his last uh, five versus Indy, he's gone over in four or five, Giannis. The only reason he didn't get 30 in one of those games was he only played 27 minutes and had five fouls, also had 26 points in those 27 minutes. So give him another three minutes and he's getting over the 30. Um, but really this year, especially, man, uh, 45 a game, 29 points in the paint per game. He's already leading the league in points in the paint per game at like 22, which is absurd. But now he's at 29 against this team. So it's even more available for him whenever he wants to get into the paint. As we know, there is not a good matchup. God bless you, Aaron uh, Neesmith. Good luck, because this is not going to be a good matchup for you once again. Slowing down Giannis might mean keeping him to 34. So that's still where, where he's at. 15 and a half free throw attempts in the two games that he's played against them. Um, getting to the line more than 30 times now in, in both of those games combined. And, and also the second chance points, right? That's where you also look. The rebound chances are up to uh, 22 22 in the first game, 24 in the second game for Giannis. So that's why I also say like the rebound chances are there. The offensive rebound chances are there big time, which is why the putbacks will be there for him. It's all like whatever down low, any stat relevant to that Giannis will own it in this game for Tyrese dude has averaged 28 potential assists versus the bucks in two games this season. That's absurd. Uh, I'm not worried about the 10 assists for him. That's how you get 15 assists and no turnovers is you just keep putting the ball in the hands of your players play after play after play in a position to score without even turning it over. Uh, it's absolutely incredible what he's done. And the game has slowed down for him and he's what, 23, 22, like how, how quickly this game has been under his control every time he's out there is absolutely wild. Um, the points, it, yeah, he does rely on the three point shooting a bit. 
Great news against this Milwaukee Bucks team who continues to give up fast break points and continues to give up three-pointers at a very alarming rate because they started playing that drop D a lot more. And since they started playing that drop D after a meeting that Brooke Lopez had where he called the team together and goes, look, I can't be hedging on screens. I'm Brooke Lopez. I play drop defense so that when people come into the lane, they're scared of coming into the lane. Well, that means that without Drew Holiday, like I said, on the wing, uh, really keeping everybody out there on the three-point line in check because he can just be a one-man three-point defense almost. Um, Right now, they're in in big trouble with Dame taking that spot over. So much more to come for Halle Baby, uh, and Giannis should be a walking 30 in this matchup. Yeah, if you think Dame is better than Halliburton, you have not watched any basketball this season. Um, And probably, you know, living in the past a little bit here. I I mean, he's going to cook him again. Uh, he's cooking everybody. This is a nice way to play this game and and not deal with the total, but just accept the fact that it's going to be around 250 and you don't want to sweat it one way or the other, like depending on the number of free throws or how close it is down the stretch. But just say like, look, this is going to be another game environment where Halliburton, the 28 assists, potential assists is mind blowing. Like maybe we should go 25 and 12 or 20 and 12 uh, because we actually had to sweat out when we hit this same game parlay last last time they met, right, he hit a three at the very end to get 25 points yep. and the three threes, and it was kind of a sweat in that regard. So maybe we want 20 and 12 instead of 25 and 10. But anyway, right. Dice said, yeah, should be plenty of points for Halliburton uh, against a, a pretty bad defense as the Bucks continue to, like, learn the, a new defensive scheme on the fly. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, going back to the Pels at Washington – uh, I mean, the Pelicans are not a great road team, but this is a great matchup for them. I think they can cover seven and a half. Interested in the money line parlay and the under 245, if you can get it where, I mean, at, at FanDuel, they give it to you where it opened. It's been bet down a little bit because that Wizards offense is going to struggle. So maybe it's under 115 for the Wizards. Uh, I mean, this Pelicans defense, if they can just shut down the Kings three times in a row, and their athletic guards, I don't, I don't see how like Jordan Poole and Tyus Jones are going to do much against a team that's that's still kind of on extended rest. I mean, they played Monday, beat a good Wolves team, but I, I mean, they hadn't played since Thursday since they were embarrassed, blown off the floor, and and got a little extended rest uh, after that. And they're four and one against the spread on on extended rest this year. Also four and one to the under. Zion is questionable. Uh, I don't really you know, mind either way if he, if he sits because his, his defense has been so bad. And I think again, the Pelicans will be so good at just containing what the wizards do well, which isn't much, uh, just shutting, shutting them down if, if he's not out there, but if he is out there, I mean, there's definitely no good defensive matchup for him. And he clearly seemed motivated by all the, all the, uh, criticism over the weekend about his shape and his performance in the, in this tournament came out and roasted a very good, Wolves defense. So, I mean, the Wizards, let's just recently, seven straight losses since their home opener. Now one and five against the spread as home dogs. I mean, if we're going to give Orlando minus 11, minus 12 in this same spot, why are the Pels only minus seven? Like, is it's sort of a same situation. Uh, I mean, they've been a little more inconsistent, but I, they, they have more talent, I would say. And, and there may be a tougher defensive matchup on paper. But, yeah, again, looking at the Wiz, I mean, they have a 129 defensive rating in at home this year. They give up the second most pain points, the most second chance points by far, most assists. They Their one cover was a loss to Philly, which just doesn't seem to care about road games against putrid Eastern Conference teams. 
Uh, by the way, they play the Pistons tonight. If you if you want to game that either way, and their only loss other than that by less than thirteen was to Charlotte, which is still a seven point loss. But you know any playoff team that comes into Washington seems to win easily. Uh, so I would expect the Pelicans to handle business here. Yeah, for sure. I mean Zion is questionable, and that doesn't necessarily impact how I think they're going to play. Be- I, although this has been the first year that like the, the 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 splits without Zion are pretty noticeable. That said, like he is the ideal matchup for this team. Um, anybody who's just going to sit down low and do their damage down there uh, would be a very good bet in this game. But there's nothing anywhere on the floor that's going to stop what even Brandon Ingram wants to do. And with with CJ back, you you do expect this offense to continue humming. With, with, especially when CJ and Brandon Ingram are out there together, uh, and, and you can even throw Joval as well with the, uh, the his ability to pick and roll uh, with CJ. I, I, I love their offense. Um, I'm not I'm not scared of the points. Um, the Magic were at home, I believe, against the Wizards, and that they're just like a, the third best team in the league if they are playing at home, just overall. So that was a big part of the eleven. But the the seven and a half is still it's still fairly low. Uh, we'll see if Washington decides to randomly ramp it up, but I, I don't know that there's much they can do against a NOLA team that is definitely starting to put it together on both sides of the ball. So let me finish with an under on a player prop. Uh, just remind everybody, our player prop record's a little bit better, and I'm going to go get a W here because I think Nick Richards' PRA on the Charlotte Hornets is too high. Try to contain your excitement with this sexy, sexy bet. But Nick Richards, under 20.5 points, rebounds, and assists combined – just for those who need to know, Nick Richards is the backup center on the Charlotte Hornets for those not tuning in to league pass for Charlotte Hornets games this season. Mark Williams is the starter. He's doubtful, almost guaranteed not to play. And he's going up against a Bam Adebayo list Miami Heat team, which is why I still think we're getting some value. Now, I will say the value dropped because they just played a few nights ago, these two teams, two nights ago, and Bam missed that game. And Nick Richards had a PRA of 23 and a half in that game. Kind of mad that I missed that, um, but we didn't really have the full lineups available to us when we were recording that day. So now that we know that Mark Williams is not likely to play and Bam is definitely out, this is still too high. Um, Bam has missed four straight games, so it's easy to assume that Miami's just going to start giving up stuff to centers because when Bam is in there, they allow the third fewest points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game to opposing centers because Bam is an all-team defender. In the last seven days where Bam has not played at all in any of their four games, they are number two at limiting points and rebounds, and number one at limiting assists to opposing centers. So things haven't gone down. They haven't played Joel Embiid, and they haven't played Nikola Jokic, so I get it, but they've still played four teams without their best player on defense um, and, and still been able to limit them because it's team rebounding. It's Spo, it's heat culture. As much as you want to say it, you hate it. It's heat culture, and they come in, and Kevin Love is boxing dudes out, and so is Thomas Bryant, who has a still uh, is contributing to the second-highest defensive rebound percentage for this team. And Nick Richards is not a part of this offense. Let's be very clear. If Nick Richards scores points, it's putbacks. His usage rate does not climb above 15%. It's normally closer to 11% in most of these games. He has to rely on second chance points, and they're just not there for them. The times that he's gone over this prop, he did it against teams that were the worst offensive rebounding teams, uh, excuse me, defensive rebounding teams in the league. And that's because of, like I said, he, he relies on those second chance points. His, his numbers don't jump without Mark Williams in there because Nick Richards isn't really good enough to play against the starting lineup. Mark Williams was playing against the starting lineup. Now you put Nick Richards in, you give him a few more minutes. So he's up to about 26 minutes a game as opposed to 17 or so. You give him, uh, he still scores fewer points and a few more rebounds. So it's still the same stat line that he puts up when Mark Williams is in there. Because like I said, it's a lot easier to bang with, 
you know, Omer Yurt seven versus Walker Kessler, for instance, right? Just thinking of backup and, and starting center combos. So uh, with that that third, uh, th- that defensive rebound percentage still where it is for Miami, and the fact that they still limit centers, I think 20 and a half PRA for Mr. Richards is just far too many. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily a, a skilled big here. Uh, doesn't Doesn't really have a bag, like you said, and I don't expect Miami to lapse defensively just because Bam is out. Um, you know, Orlando Robinson has been doing a fine job there. You like under for this game at 223 in general, if that's the case, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a grind you down heat home game uh, where there's not a lot of stats to go around. And therefore, yeah, I don't think a, a backup center who's thrust into the starting role is really going to put up a, a big line yeah, for sure. So it'll probably drop even further, to be honest, uh, the next time Mark Williams is out, if he doesn't get it in this one, but let's get into your first NBA play a prop. Yeah, I'm going Gordon. No, I'm just kidding. I, I told you guys only twice <laughs> with Gordon Hayward. Not going to go back to that well. I am taking Scotty Barnes at 30 and a half points and rebounds with the Raptors hosting the Hawks, a defenseless Hawks team. And man, has Scotty eaten against this team. He's actually topped his PRA prop tonight, 36 and a half, with just points and rebounds in the last two meetings. You you take the last three, he's averaging 25, 10, six and a half assists. And Atlanta has been woeful against the power forward position, particularly. Interestingly, Barnes is listed as a shooting guard at basketball reference. But, I mean, I, I think he's the body of a power forward. He's going to eat on the glass as a power forward. I guess they're going to have to throw Sadiq Bay at him if D, if D Hunter can't go. With Jalen Johnson out, Atlanta has a 125 defensive rating their last six. Sadiq Bay has an individual 127 defensive rating in that span. And they're giving up 28 and 15 to power forwards. So just absolutely crushing uh, elite. They're up to a league high 13 rebounds to power forwards on the season. Um, they also allow the fifth most offensive rebounds per game on the road, 13.3 in their last three. That's where Scotty's actually doing more of his damage in terms of rebounding it is, is because he's often in a mismatch. He's coming off the wing, grabbing those offensive rebounds is so much bigger than a lot of twos and threes. If those are the guys trying to box him out, he's averaging four O-Rebs per 100 possessions this season. That is a, a career high. I mean, a- Atlanta, if you want like a recent matchup of, of a guy, of a power forward who, who can do it all or play a little bit of point guard, freaking Jeremy Sohan went for 33, eight and six against the squad. Like 33, eight and six. Holy Christ. And I mean, Scotty Barnes is is twice the player. Of Jeremy Sohan, I will I will go go as far as to say that uh, with the Raptors at home, I like him to put up numbers across the board, points and rebounds being the safest. Hell yeah, Scotty Bards as a shooting guard, that's hilarious. I could not think of a dude on their team I would rather watch shoot a three less than Scotty Barnes. Like in this starting lineup, maybe over Pirtle. <laughs> Like, I don't know. That's a wild. What are you supposed to do when you have a, a starting lineup of four dudes that are like rangy and six, five to six, nine, they're all forward. So like, what are you supposed to do? Uh, I, you know, I, I'm really realizing how much Dennis Schroeder fits in so well alongside Scotty Barnes after playing with a guy like LeBron James, who is probably a better shooter than Scotty, but you know, has a similar play style of get it and go bully ball mismatches, et cetera. Um, and yeah, it's, it's working out really well there for those two. This team is not working really well. I thought about a Sadiq Bay potential um, prop bet over as well, considering he's probably going to get minutes. If DeAndre Hunter's not in there, then I see him being the beneficiary of a lot of shots. It's with this Toronto team. And this is just sort of a little bonus bet because we're talking about the game, but like with this Toronto team, they force the ball out of the best players hands 
every game. That's that's really what they're trying to do. See the uh, the Knicks recently where R.J. Barrett went off because they forced the ball out of Brunson's and Randall's hands. So, like, I, I think either way, like, Sadiq might be a good bet to get the ball out of Trey's hands and into the corner three where the, the Raptors are pretty susceptible. So just a little bit of, uh, of insight because I, I did the work to look at Sadiq Bay. So I wanted to give you a little bit of what I found. But let me go to my first actual pick here. Jabari Smith Jr., under nine and a half boards, and we're still getting plus money for it on points bet, but it's even money everywhere else. And so I am chasing the juice a little bit here with this bet because I do have it right around like nine-ish boards for this dude. But when I saw the plus money in a matchup where I do think that there should be a little bit more fluidity to Memphis's offense than we saw the last time, they've at least established like a rotation, which they didn't even have uh, about a month ago when these two teams met. So I'm going under nine and a half boards for him. He just had three monster rebound games with us where his lines were a bit lower on the rebound, seven and a half and eight and a half in the last uh, that it's jumped up to nine and a half now because he just had 10 boards against uh, Denver, which I cannot explain to you because I also can't explain to you how Denver lost that game at home to Houston. So I'm not going to try to. I'm just going to say the other two made sense. He played OKC, worst defensive rebounding team in the league. And make no mistake, Javari Smith has 2.2 offensive rebounds per game. So he's a very important, the offensive rebounds are very important to him getting over nine boards uh, on, on the season in each of these games. He had 18 boards versus OKC because love you, Chet Holmgren, not boxing out very much. And their power forward uh, at this point when it's Jalen Williams is pretty undersized. So uh, 18 versus OKC, 12 versus the Spurs. And he had 20 ch- rebound chances per game in all of those games because they're playing faster than they're going to play in this game against uh, the, the Grizzlies. And they were playing uh, in a much more transition oriented offense as well, which the Grizzlies are not going to allow either. So um, in his last game versus Memphis, he did have nine boards. Good for the under here. He had 12 rebound chances is really what I'm looking at. Like how often is he actually down there with a viable chance to get those boards? And in these uh, in these games against the the Grizzlies, right? Like he's 12 rebound chances at a 75 percent uh, rebounding rate on those chances. It's not realistic to, con- to, to continue. Um, and I don't think that many rebound chances will continue for Memphis opponents as they're still playing at a bottom five pace. Their true shooting has gone up because it was 24th in the league when they played last time, back up to 18th over their last six games or so. Still not very impressive. This Memphis is bad. I, I get it. It might be a little bit more of a scary bet, but I like a, a bit of a, a slower, under choppier game in this one, which might lead to rebounds at times. But like I said, the offensive boards are very, very important for him. Uh, and I do believe in Memphis's ability to at least box out on the offensive side of the glass uh, where they are limiting offensive rebound chances to the, f- the fifth fewest in the league. So that's where, what I'm looking at here. I, I don't like betting on Jaron Jackson Jr., although it's a good matchup for him. I no longer care if the matchup is good for Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm not betting on him unless I'm taking an under. Uh, and I, I don't think he's good for an under in this one. But I do think he's good for the matchup with Jabari Smith Jr., where these two dudes are on each other for the whole game. Yeah, a little scary with how low the total is, so you expect a lot of missed shots. Uh, Memphis is is pretty woeful shooting the ball, especially on the road. Uh, but, I mean, maybe maybe there's a way to cash this in, in the sense that Ime Udoka has a quick hook for a lot of these young guys, and if, if Jabari misses a rotation or fails to get one of these rebounding chances, he could wind up on the bench for Tari Eason or something uh, and only play like 27 minutes. We've seen a couple times, but... I mean, if if you want a different way to attack this in terms of just being a low-scoring game, consider 26.5 under uh, for Fred Van Fleet points and assists. Uh, I I mean, he's gone under that, I think, in three straight against Memphis. Despite the fact that they're a poor three-point defense, they've limited him because uh, he's not necessarily like a, a, a catch-and-shoot three-point guy. He's got to get it off the dribble. and. No. 
they they have they have limited him. I mean, held him to twenty points and assists last time these teams met. Just a, a little bonus lean here. But my second pick is Mikel Bridges in his first revenge spot against Phoenix. And no, not the points, not the assists, just the stocks, just the defensive stats. Over one and a half, plus one fifteen at MGM, which is nice juice. And I mean, it's it's hard to like support this with too many numbers. I mean, steals and blocks, they they come where they come. And and for what it's worth, I mean, he's averaging two point one at home versus point eight on the road this season. I mean, I I don't I don't care about that in a small sample. Look at a bigger sample, he averaged two on the road last year versus one point six at home. But this is more about the fact that the Suns are gonna play through Booker and Beal all night, especially if KD misses another game. I mean, Beal might not even be able to go on a back to back here with with the back issues he's been having. So I mean it could be Booker and I don't know, Jordan Goodwin initiating the offense is some good turnover opportunities but even with book and kd out there like you look at the wing defenders they get turnovers just because everything goes through those guys like lebron tory and prince combined eight steals steph cp3 last night combined five steals bane santi aldama seven stocks kcp had three steals og had four stocks on his own those are the best wing defenders in their recent matchups Mikel, I mean, he's going to be fired up for this. There's the old practice battle narrative, right? He's guarded Book a lot when he was on that team, and he'll be excited to try to slow him down, get a couple blocks, get a couple steals, whatever he can do to uh, to slow down the, the Suns' offense. However you want to bet on him, I'm fine with it. I, I agree that Mikel's the type of guy that brings it in these situations. Feels like maybe some rebounds, some hustle stats, like you found it with the stocks and the plus money. I'm good with it. I had a similar thought about Mr. Durant. Obviously, we don't have props up for him yet, but the the injury report on him yesterday was that he was missing the Dubs game, which you called out. Man, he sure misses a lot of Warriors matchups, doesn't he? And then in the same breath that they were saying he's going to miss the Warriors matchup, he's available to play on Wednesday night. So it's like you're purposefully missing that. How could you be any more transparent that he's not playing yeah, against the both Warriors? Of it, both the Warriors his former teams, so though, so he's weird. not ducking them both. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So he, he left the big, you know, corporate conglomerate in the Warriors that was established to go play the startup with his boys in Brooklyn. And now he's excited to play his boys in Brooklyn. So weird with Kevin Durant. I can't understand him, but one of the best ever. Either way, my final pick of the night, another under baby and another rebounding under. What am I doing? Uh, Beef stew. It's too many rebounds. You don't get boards against this Philadelphia 76ers team when you're a good rebounding center. And Beef Stew is not even a center, right? He's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, He's the center in this game, unless you want to call James Wiseman the center. And both of them have an allergy to the paint. I'll say that. So, like, I'm not really sure which one of them you feel more comfortable with in terms of getting rebounds against Joel. But I'll take neither of them uh, to get their rebounds against Joel. So, uh, you mentioned that Detroit and, and Philly are playing. And, like, it's it's I, I never know what to do with Philly. Sometimes they randomly let teams in, stay in the game like this. Most of the time, they win by 20 or 30. So I, I think that's still live in this one. I don't think Philly's going to be missing very many shots, which is a good reason to take an under on a rebound prop for a Pistons. So under 7.5, it's probably available at 6.5 on some books. Yeah, because it's juiced pretty far down 
on the under there. So it is teetering on going to six and a half for him on some of these books, but I would still take the under seven and a half and leave it there. Um, it's like I said, just too difficult to rebound versus Philly and Embiid, who's basically the third or fourth best rebounding team on both sides of the ball, with, according to rebound percentage, according to the amount of, sh- of rebounds that they limit their opponents to. They are third best and always will be, as long as Joel is there, at limiting the opposing center's rebounds. Um, this is not the dude to get boards over Joel. And, and even if he's not the matchup for Joel directly, like he's going to have to be sometimes and he's still just not, it's not like there's anybody down there to box out Joel to give beef stew the opportunity to get rebounds on either side of the floor, um, which is why I'm continuing to fade him. So the, the last time that they played, uh, he had 10 rebound chances against this team. That was with Jalen Duran in and Jalen Duran had fewer rebound chances <laughs> than he did. So uh, that was with, with Duran actually guarding Embiid way more than beef stew ever had to. And actually Marvin Bagley even played in that game. Also out tonight is Marvin Bagley. Um, so you would think that like, okay, that means opportunities for Beef Stew. It just doesn't. None of these dudes have had opportunities. None of these dudes have gotten their rebounds. And Beef Stew playing entirely against the first unit of Philly as opposed to getting some second unit uh, run against B-Ball Paul, Paul Reed, it's not good for him. <laughs> like if he's going to have to be out there on the same time as, as Joel more often than not, it's just not good for him. So the, the interesting thing is Osar, Pogo Sticks, 22 rebound chances in the games that he's played against Philly, the small forward for this team, because everybody else is getting boxed out by one giant former MVP of the league. Uh, and that does leave the springy pogo sticks to go in there and try to get boards. I'm still scared of him because he's been his minutes wane, And I don't know what to do with Monty Williams rotation. I know beef stew has to play. So that's why I can at least bank on him being out there. And I don't think he will very often, to be honest, uh, as soon as this game gets a little bit more out of control, there's not much reason to have him in there. Uh, and unless you try to play him with the scrubs, I guess, to beef up his stats, pun intended. I, I got I got no way that I see uh, Isaiah Stewart really getting his in this one. Man, you love these uh, these rebound chances tabs on, on your on your screen. It's all about the unders right. here. This one makes a little more sense, I think, because I, I would go over in this game at 233. I don't think the Sixers play defense when they know that they're outclassing the opposition. They're probably going to score 130. The Pistons are going to be absolutely desperate to try to break this streak, even though they're not going to do it. It's highly unlikely. So, I mean, the best angle that he doesn't get these rebounds is because the Sixers are just making every shot they take, and he's just not going to have the chances. I agree with what you said on Asar. I think he has a better uh, opportunity to get over 8.5, which is his boards, but we just don't know. If he's going to play, uh, Monty Williams has, has iced him for some reason with Boyan back in there, even though he clearly has has earned the right to run uh, with this Pistons team. So I, I would just play this game to say over rather than going on the the variance of of rebounds. Again, I'm I'm throwing shade at your 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 rebound under, uh, but but I, I appreciate the in depth research. Yeah, no, I mean the rebound chances are big too because like where is he on the floor? You know, and, and Beef Stew, is, as often as he can, is like their three-point shooter at times, uh, especially with Ivy off the floor. So, like, if you want to take the under points and rebounds, it's just so low. The points are at, like, nine and a half, and, like, he could stumble his way into four or five buckets, I could see. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm tacking the rebounds on this one, and same for Jabari, and let's see how it works. We'll get back to you on that tomorrow. As that is all the time we have for you in our play of props today. Continue to follow along. We uh, we have a best bets video up with four more, roughly five. I think we give another little bonus bet in there as well. So roughly five bets in there for you to check out uh, each and every weekday this season. So until we see you next, happy betting. Step up, step up.